Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Courier Podcast. I'm David Bell, and this podcast is brought to you by Gila Valley Comic Con. Gila Valley Comic Con is March 27th and 28th on the campus of Eastern Arizona College in Thatcher, Arizona, and brought to you by Valley Telecom and the Quality in Safford. Go to GilaValleyComicCon.com. My guest today is a candidate for State House in the district that represents Graham Greenlee counties, Cochise County as well. Uh, and it's Kimberly, and I want to make sure I pronounce it right, Moschetti? Moschetti rhymes with spaghetti. All right, I got it right. Because it could have been Moschetti. Well, it actually is Moschetti if you ask my husband. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and and you're based out of Sierra Vista? Sierra Vista, yes. Okay. So uh, you're running on the Democratic side. Yes, sir. Uh, right now, the only candidate declared on the Democratic side, Yes, correct? I believe so. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I guess the first question is, well, tell us about you. Tell us about your background. All right. Well, uh, we ended up in Arizona about 26 years ago. We were former military and retired there at Fort Huachuca, and it just seemed like the place to be. So we had been back and forth there uh, several different times. And then we had to look at second careers, and we both decided to go into teaching. And subsequently, we both retired from that as well. So we've been military and former teachers, elementary teachers. So is it fair to say that education is maybe the, the number one uh, Absolutely issue? the number one issue that I, would, that I would talk about and that I would run on, yes. So, so what do you see in terms of education that, that you want to change when elected? What I would really like to see is our state come up with a sustainable budget so that different... Uh, counties and different school districts do not have to vote on bond issues or look for money in other places. And it needs to be something that is a, a permanent budget that addresses all of the areas that money needs to address in school. Now, the incumbents that you'll be running against, uh, both have said, uh, Gail Griffin and, and Becky Nutt have said, the budget is almost disproportionately spent on education as it is right now. Yet we know we're, what, 47th in the state, I think was the last? Yes, somewhere down there. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, in terms of educational performance. So assuming they're right, and, and the numbers do kind of bear them out, I mean, we do spend a lot on education. Where's the disconnect coming from? Well, I think the biggest issue is when we're looking at the pots of money. Now, Arizona spends probably about 26% of its budget on education, which is pretty average for most uh, states. They spend about that much. Unfortunately, in Arizona, because we don't have a big, wide population, or we have Phoenix, but we don't have the pot of money that a lot of other states have. So that 26% isn't near the amount of money that say uh, New Mexico, well, I won't say New Mexico because they're pretty low too, but other states in the South may spend 26% of their budget, but we're talking about a lot more money. And I think that's where the disconnect is. And also that we end up, education seems to be the pot or the first pot that you want to take something out of. And that shouldn't necessarily be so. This is the most important area, I think, that uh, anyone should be looking at education. If we don't, if we don't educate our populace, what do we have? And so we need to not take money out of the ed- of the education budget to do something else. It needs to be sustained, 
and it needs to be a little bit more based on our population. You, you brought up a great argument that I've not heard anybody from either side bring up before, which is that our 26% isn't necessarily the same 26% as, say, North Carolina. Exactly. Um, which leads to a Republican talking point, which is not enough of our land is in the public hands, public sector, which reduces the pot of money that we could possibly have. Does that mean that you would be in favor of releasing some of those public lands into the public sector? That is certainly a possibility. Uh, I know that uh, at, when we had read for Ed in the previous year that they wanted to take money from some public lands. Right, the state trust land. Exactly. Uh, the, exactly. the trust account. And right. I think Ducey proposed uh, another pull from that in this most recent budget, correct? Yes, yes. Uh, but um, I, I understand that that's still something that's going back and forth. Right, the right. court said no, then there's appeals and so forth. We may have to do that in order to meet the education requirements in our state. Uh, it's unfortunate, but that we may have to release some of that land so that our budget can be a little bit bigger in education. The, the biggest problem, again, though, is to make people understand how important education is and that you can't take money from that pot because there is so little that we have to work with to begin with. Right, yeah. That, uh, constitutionally, that money has to be saved for uh, public education. Yes. Um, but I want to say we have 17% of, of land in Arizona is in the public, uh, public hands. I think the rest is, I believe, or, excuse me, is in private hands. The rest is public. I believe so. Um, that, that, I'm not sure about those numbers, but it, yeah, it's, it sounds good. I, I think it's somewhere in that range mm -hmm. that, you know, when you look at Florida, which has, I want to say four or 5%, well, that's, that's, like you say, just radically changes the pot of money you can draw from. Exactly, exactly. That's very true. Um, speaking of Red for Ed, we we just had we just had our editorial meeting, and we discussed Red for Ed. Um, were you in favor of the walkouts? Uh, yes, I was, and I was a part of them. I was a teacher at that time. I just recently retired in July, so that's I, why I bring I was, it up. Yes, yeah. I was a big part of that. Yes, um, uh, one of the one of the complaints that. I've heard, and, and frankly, I echo, is not enough of the rural schools walked out, that there was the belief of, if I, if I leave, I'm going to harm my kids, and these kids have worked toward graduation, and that's not fair to them. But it seems like without creating a little bit of sting, the legislature had absolutely no impetus to change what they were doing. That's absolutely right. It, we needed an extreme measure at the time, and that's what we elected to do. I think the amount of time that we were gone really was not that detrimental on any students in our area. No, it wasn't, but, but nor was it detrimental to the legislature. Absolutely. No, it did not. Uh, I there, have there to say no it, they gave them a little bit of a wake-up call for a minute. I, I truly believe that maybe it opened their eyes a bit. Um, but you're right, uh, things kind of smoothed out, and we went back to where we were before. Um, shifting gears, I think the other big issue in this district, for different reasons, but it's the same subject, is water. Yes. Uh, in in uh, Cochise County, the issue is the San Pedro, and whether or not development will deplete that too far. 
Uh, in Graham and Greenlee, the issue is who has the right to the water, tribes or uh, area farmers and ranchers that are already here. So uh, give me your thoughts on, on water as it stands in this district, radically different uh, water issues, but still water. Right, right. And oh my gosh, water being life and everything else that we want uh, from it. I recently attended the um, uh, Hands Across the River uh, in uh, Cochise County down in Hereford. And I was uh, pleasantly amazed at the turnout that we had um, to keep the border wall that is being built by the federal government from interfering with the uh, San Pedro Riparian area. I'm not, again, uh, under no illusions about how that may have affected a federal decision, but I think that the turnout was wonderful and we tried very much to be positive. So water in that area is, is dependent upon the San Pedro and there's, as you said, lots of building, lots of building, um, especially around the Benson area where they want to increase the housing uh, I have to say, uh, of course, I'm really not in, in favor of that. I think we have to find a nice balance. There is some argument about, argument about Fort Huachuca and uh, whether they're sustainable with water use. And I, and I think that they work very hard uh, in the, in, uh, throughout the post to make sure that they use water wisely, that their building is, is done in a very uh, environmentally positive way. Uh, as far as up uh, in our area here, I understand that we have farming and um, water rights ha is becoming an issue. Um, I have to say I, I need to educate myself a little more on that. As a matter of fact, uh, just last evening I um, subscribed to your newspaper. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we appreciate that. Uh, so that I can learn more. I am new to this and I need, I need to do a lot of research. Uh, and when it comes to water rights, to understand both sides of that, I, uh, I'm I'm looking through my phone right now to see where I uh, did I not write it down? I didn't put it in my calendar. There's a meeting uh, in Duncan coming up soon uh, on the issue involving water rights and and whether or not existing ranchers and farmers should have uh, a higher priority there to their water. Um, we we know here that that the compact or the, the agreement that was signed by the Gila River Indian tribe and all the Gila River users kind of set the tone. It's, it's the San Carlos Apache tribe that didn't sign on to that. Mm -hmm. That's causing the issue right now. I see. Um, huh? So, so they, they said that they weren't benefited by that agreement, so they never signed it. And now they filed suit. There's another meeting that's supposed to take place in Duncan this month on that. I'll get that to you after we're done here. Okay. And then um, Wilcox and Sunsites have been having water meetings as well. I know that I'm I'm will be going to a, a water forum on the 22nd this month. Uh, is it the 22nd? I've got Wilcox set for. Oh, where is it? The 12th is the next meeting in Wilcox. Yes. Uh, or, yes. Or Sun yeah, Sites, you know, mm -hmm. whichever one you There is to. that one, yes. They're, they're both the same meeting. Yes. They so just have them in two places. But. I hope to attend that and get some more information about this area and the water rides. In. Um, so it, that's one of those issues that kind of transcend party 
It, it goes across oh, across the aisle on this one, mm-hmm. um, and it goes again to that land issue. You know, at at what point does it become an issue of telling somebody how to use their land, and and that's a big deal in the West, as you know. Oh uh, yes, that land is the big deal in the West, and it has been since we settled the West many years ago. Um, I also think that you know it's. It's impo- I think the Native American tribes out here do need to have a say in, in how that water is dispersed as well. So yeah, we should uh, be able to come to some kind of agreement there. I think the, San Carlos's tri- the San Carlos tribe's position is, uh, one, they wouldn't get enough water, and two, if they used um, the water that Graham County is offering, there's a, there's a pipeline that's been built actually, and can provide water to the tribe, um, or to the reservation, I should say, rather. Uh, they contend that that's water that's already been contaminated by virtue of having passed through farms. I see. You know, that just the natural use in, sure. in farms would contaminate that water rather than just pure river water. So that's their contention. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying either is right or wrong, just that's their point. That's their point. Uh, the tribal chairman has issued letters. Actually, now that you're subscribed, you can you could see his letters. We but post them on our website. One of the reasons I did, absolutely. Yeah. So you could see the the tribe's position and the local farmers, of course, say we've been here for 100 years, 120 years, in some cases, and you keep changing the line at which we can draw water. And there are farms, literally, with a a an acre of nothing because that's where their well was, and now it's not in the, I think they call it the bright line, so nothing can be done, and you just see nothing around it. Um, it's, it's radically changing the way we operate. So I guess the next question is, does that mean we need to change the way we operate? Perhaps this isn't an area for farming anymore, or do we change the way we farm? Well, I think... Uh... The way we farm is is a definite way to go. Also, uh, how we use the soil, how we use the land, how we use the water. There are definitely new technologies that can be looked at. At the same time, again, we have to look at um, growth. And are these are the farms expanding? Have they expanded over the years? Do we have to reach a point where we say, okay, you can't become any bigger than what you are right now because this is all the water that we have. Uh, it's, it's, we're not going to get any more and we can only use what we have available. Is there a concern though, because you're a hundred percent right. There are new technologies and they're emerging. Uh, I was going to say daily, but almost hourly now. Yes. It, technology is just advancing so rapidly, but doesn't that favor the corporate farms versus the, the mom and pop farmer, the family farm, because they may not have the money to invest in a drip irrigation system or, uh, the GPS uh, tractors, so you're not wasting land. You're not you're not digging up land you don't need to. Very good point. And again, I, uh, I think that goes back to our government, and it could be state, and it could be at the federal level. Level, excuse me. But we need to support the smaller farms. I, I really think we need to cut back on the corporate farms that. Uh, the the big buying out of smaller farms, and we need to go back and look at the mom and pop, uh, and and look at how they can be sustained through, if, if we need to, through monies and and 
givings to the fed- from the federal government. Dipping back into Cochise County, I know part of the debate, at least in the Wilcox area over water, is traditional farming, um, your fruits, vegetables, etc., versus wine uh, vineyards. Vineyards use significantly less water, um, but you've got family farms that have been out there forever. You know how do we how do we get that balancing act? And again, do we have to shift? Um, I mean, wine is a is a wonderful thing because it, it it its audience is high dollar. It's a good tourism uh, uh, attraction for tourism. Uh, so we know there's there's fiscal benefits to the area from that, and we also know it uses less water. And there have been a lot of uh, sort of mom and pop wineries that have sprung up. Well, all in. I don't think we have any industrial no. vineyards in the Wilcox yeah. area. And that's a very valid point that growing grapes requires a lot less water than growing vegetables. And um, speaking of growing, I have to go to this. Uh, your thoughts on on marijuana? Uh, we know there'll probably be another initiative. In, in this year, although I haven't heard if they've come close to the signatures yet, but I'm anticipating they will. Um, mm-hmm. We know that Wilcox has one of the biggest grows uh, for marijuana, and I, I believe it's for both recreational and medical. I believe because I, I want to say they're they're shipping off to California and Colorado, etc. Um, your thoughts on the legalization and and how do we? Again, another crop that can grow two, three times a year, uh, not significant, uh, significant water user, can be in a closed environment. Uh, is that another way to go in terms of water use? Again, I think that's uh, an excellent idea. Uh, we've seen with medical and marijuana that it is working. Um, uh, it's it's profitable. It's been successful. And like anything, it needs to be regulated to a certain point. Um, legalizing recreational, I, it's happened in Colorado, and I think that it's turning out to be very successful, and it can be profitable to the small farmer as well as the state. Um, do you support it? or, or... I, I do. Okay. I do. Sorry, to, I'm putting you on the spot. That's but okay. I, I, but I think state representatives too often avoid those kind of questions. And and I think it's important that the listener know where you stand on an issue, whether you agree or disagree. I agree with you there on that. that yeah, and I hope to be, uh, if elected, very, very transparent in um, my thoughts and what I think is right and wrong and what I believe in. I want to give you a chance to uh, take a sip because I know this. Right. everybody's mouth gets dry right about this point. And it gives me a chance to remind everybody the third annual Gila Valley Comic Con is March 27th, 28th at Eastern Arizona College. It'll feature all the fun you've grown to love, including artists and sketches, live action role-playing, vendors and collectibles, and of course, cosplay and the popular costume contest. Sign up today for the costume contest at... HilaValleyComicCon.com. And if you want to book a cosplay photo shoot, go to Stock Photo Fantasy on Facebook. That is Stock Photo Fantasy. I invite you out to the convention. We have a great time at that. It's uh, our event. I, I, you know, full I, yes, we, I, we I do know some people that have attended that. Yeah, we have a great time. In fact, Cochise's is this weekend. 
uh, C4 is is there. So I'll pop down. Yes, it is actually. So uh, I saw your comic books in the the hallway there. Yes, we have some in the lobby (laughs) from our friend Tom's Comics out of Tucson. Brought back some old memories as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) So were you an Archie fan or were you a a superhero fan? Oh, I was Superman all the way. Superman and Batman. Because that was the divide. I think we're about the same age. And and I want to say the divide was boys were superhero and girls were Archies. Or or little rich or no Richie Rich Richie Rich Richie mm-hmm. Rich and, oh, and I love Superman. All right, <laughs> all right. So you're a DC person, now. absolutely. Marvel. Okay, uh, you're now on my side. Cause okay, <laughs> I'm a DC guy. I always wanted to be Superwoman too. I'm still working on that. <laughs> um, what other issues do you see? I, I'm here with Kimberly Moschetti. Yes, sir. I, That's well, I keep wanting to say Muschietti, though. You can I, say Muschietti. It's I'm okay. from Chicago. That's the real way to say in, it. Yeah, yes. the, the neighborhood I grew up in was Polish, Irish, Italian. So, oh, well, that's we, definitely the correct way to say it. My husband would be pleased. Oh, okay. Uh, Mrs. Bacigalupo would be very proud of me for oh, saying it the goodness. right way. So. That's definitely Italian. <laughs> yeah, that's you know that's who we grew up with. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, whether uh, you're running for legislature LD four fourteen, yes. I always forget our. District. I always just say our district. Mm-hmm. I think it's the easiest way to put it. Uh, on the Democratic side, what, are it, what other issues are you focusing on? Um, we've got we've got so many. Uh, Cochise is dealing with the wall, um, and and something that pro wall advocates I don't think understand, especially out of Arizona, is how much trade we do with Mexico and how much how good our relationship is with Mexico and specifically Sonora. Um, where, where do you see the legislature on that issue? Because they've been kind of pro-wall. Yes, they have. And I understand. And certainly we have to find a balance between uh, legal and illegal immigration and those that are coming across illegally. But I think there are other technologies, again, rather than a big steel wall, I was going to say big, beautiful wall, but I will not, (laughs) a big steel wall to look at. There are so many other ways, I think, that we could go about uh, taking care of of, uh, those that cross into the country illegally. And I understand that we really, that we have, that is an issue and we have to look at it. I I think we're kind of turning our back on the, the legal immigrants to a certain point, but that's a whole nother issue. We could be using drones. Uh, it's, it's a very uh, important technology right now and, and seems to be working in a variety of areas. There could be drones around where they want the border wall areas to be. I think hiring more border guards to be in, in high contact areas would be a much better idea than... And, significantly less expensive too uh, i i do know it's not the district that you're running in but when they added all the barbed wire to the wall in nogales uh the the people of nogales complained because it significantly drove down um trade activity in the community just people that cross the border to shop etc and just just the visual exactly reduce the uh, the income we had talked about you know how do you Pay Looks for your like schools. a prison. Yeah, how do you pay for your schools? We pay <laughs> right. part of it is through the sales, and they just weren't doing that. Right. And it's really harmed that community. Um, 
but as a legislator, you don't unfortunately get to hire border guards. You don't no. get to get to uh, you know only make the suggestion. Yeah. Right. Um, so what is, what is it going to take to convince not your fellow legislature let it, legislators on the Democratic side, but the Republicans? Now, Ducey seems to be embracing this idea. He he continually goes over to Sonora, works with the governor there, make sure that trade is not impacted. Um, almost in defiance of the president. He doesn't come out and say it, but you can tell the actions are are contrary to the federal policy. Mm-hmm. How do you convince the Republican legislators that that's the way to go, that this is good business for Arizona? Can well, I you? I don't know that we can. Uh, I think some are, are adamant about uh, getting the wall up. But one of whom you'll be running against. Yes. Uh, Becky Nutt has been very plain about that. <coughs> yes, absolutely. Very upfront. Uh, I think <laughs> this, I'm looking at a tie-in between what we brought up earlier uh, with growing the marijuana and um, our business with Mexico. I know a lot of... Uh, my op- uh, opponents might argue about the illegal refugees that are coming across and the illegal drugs that they say are flooding um, well, it, our particular area. It, it absolutely is true. Most of the uh, illegal narcotics coming in are coming over the Mexican border. Yes, that's, that's true. That's no secret. Right. I think that if we address that problem, and in one way addressing that is is the legalization of marijuana, and you, then you don't have that back and forth um, is a big part of it. And and addressing the drug situation in our country and and the demand for those drugs. And if we can look at that, I think, and and address that a little bit, it will change a lot of that coming across the border. I think there's that fear by a lot of people in uh, that live along the border, be it Texas, uh, Arizona, New Mexico, that these drug people are coming across the border. And I don't think there's as much. As a matter of fact, I think that activity has gone down significantly. Well, so, and, and I think the governor's task force is, is has been working. a, been a yes. very big factor mm-hmm. in that, at least in our state. Um, uh, with uh, Sheriff Daniels is is, is working very hard on that, uh, and and we as a people um, just across the United States need to uh, take a different way, a different path of looking at the drug situation. Um, at at one time we decided the war on drugs was the way that we were going to go. It was totally unsuccessful. Now we need to look at it in a different way, not so much attack those people as to look at it as um, uh, something that needs. Uh, to be taken care of as a medical problem, and and maybe we can address some of that coming across the border. So from a a state legislature standpoint, does that mean that you would be in favor of of some funding that goes toward treatment, rehabilitation, and and education? Yes, absolutely. Again, I would come back to education. Education, not just children, but education, everybody. I think when you educate someone about an issue you can change their mind. Well, we've lost DARE programs because federal funding for that has been cut and there's no state funding for it. So uh, I know my kids went through the DARE program. I, I don't, right. Yeah. Yes, mine uh, also. Yeah. So, but there, we don't have and, that And now. it was good. It was very good. It was Every very law enforcement agency them. I knew loved it mm-hmm. and loved participating in it. Um, so, but we talked about, you know, that finite pot of money. 
if we're going to fund education properly, if we're going to fund uh, drug uh, education and um, rehabilitation properly, where do we cut? Or do we cut? Well, I don't think there would be as many people. Uh, we I wouldn't mean, have you know, the we, biggest problem in the prisons if we if we did more with rehabilitation rather than throwing so many people into prisons because of minor issues. Okay. All right. So we'd save money on DOC. We'd save, yes. Uh, federal grants are always available, too. I mean, we can get federal money uh, to do that. Under this administration? I well, don't, I don't know. That's very true. That's very they've, true. They've been cutting a lot of funding to states, especially states yes. that don't necessarily vote exactly. the way that the right. administration would like. California is in, in rough A very shape good right example now. of that. Um, I don't have a ready answer for that, uh, to tell you the truth. All right. I, well, I then let me ask you this. What about, uh, and this, this is a Ducey, uh, pet. He, he truly loves this, uh, tax incentives and, and tax breaks. And, um, I'm trying to think of the right word where your tax exemptions, mm -hmm. um, is that a place where we can find some funding? Uh, I, I'm not a big proponent of the tax breaks at the moment, and and I don't think that they work as well as um, he loves them because he, he says they them. they spur economic development. And right. in the Phoenix area, maybe maybe we certainly but haven't seen anything. Not in rural areas, I don't think right. tax breaks work. They go to the people, uh, as you said, higher income people and people within the cities. Um, so if you reduce the the number of exemptions, breaks, etc. Can you lower that tax rate? Do you do you think that's feasible to lower the tax rate across the board if everybody's paying more? Or if everybody's paying, I should say, rather. Is it possible to do that? To lower the tax rate? In general, across the board. For everyone. For everyone. You know, like you had said, a bigger pot. Right, a bigger pot. From. It's a possibility. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly how that would work at this point, um, if it's going to generate more capital or not. Uh, but I think it's a possibility. Um, because, well, and, and we keep coming back to money because ultimately right. everything costs something. It's all about something. money. Yeah, it's everything costs something. Money. And there are projects, <laughs> like you say, that, that are worthwhile and need to be initiated. Um, drug rehab, drug, drug education, absolutely. Um, but Private contracting of prisons is, is, is another... Well, for a moment there, it was gone. I want to say the federal, uh, didn't the feds say they were going to stop contracting for federal prisons and then the administration changed and, and it came back. So I want to say again. it was about three or four months there. Right. You know, um, and I, I believe the state has stopped commissioning new private prisons, correct? Uh, after the escape in Kingman, didn't, didn't mm -hmm. ADOC? I know there was talk of it. Yes. Oh, okay. They didn't officially do that yet. Okay, I, I haven't talked to the new director yet since Ryan is gone, so uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, you're right. Uh, there is a significant amount of money that's spent on private prisons. Right. And, uh, you know, there. if we look at the Invest in Ed initiative, that's, uh, they're working on a petition for that and doing a surcharge to the uh, wealthiest in the state. To generate money for education, once that money is generated, uh, it might make a difference as well for education, anyway. But right. 
I don't want to keep you too long because I know you got to you got to get out there and canvas and you got to get out right. there and, and meet people that actually vote. That's the important thing. Um, one last question, and that is renewable energy. Uh, renewable energy. Yes. So we had an initiative two years ago, failed uh, and and failed significantly because the major power generators dropped a lot of money on killing that that initiative making sure that that initiative did not go what's your stance on renewable energy and um well what's your stance on renewable? i energy? think we're in the heart of renewable energy country we're in arizona for heaven's sakes we have sun uh what 75 percent of the year at least maybe more i think it's more and yeah. that's conservative yeah. We should be using more solar power. We should be using more wind power. I absolutely agree with that. Uh, I do remember Tucson Electric. This would be about 15 years ago. I, I had asked about wind, and they said there are really only two areas where there's enough wind on a consistent basis to make that viable. Is one of them here? One of them's Wilcox. <laughs> yes. One of them is Wilcox. The other one is uh, in Mojave County up... Uh, I think in the Wallapai Mountains, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um, but solar. Solar is, is such a wide open area for here. We should be using it all the time. So would you be in favor of the state subsidizing? Because the subsidies have been cutting back. Uh, they've been cutting back the subsidies significantly over the last few years. Uh, favor of the state subsidizing private use of solar and investing in solar uh, research. I mean, we've got to get those costs down because it's still expensive to solar right. your home. Definitely investing in solar research. Um, the private privatization of that, I would I would have to to research that a little bit more and think about more about it. Um, because yeah, it's it's just so cost prohibitive. Without the subsidies, right. very few homes can afford it. Right. But every rancher uses it. I mean, there is not a ranch out there that doesn't use solar for their watering and, and making sure that their cattle as they're out grazing are taken care of, as well as notifications of fencing. I believe they, they do it as well. It's all solar-based. Uh, in fact, we have a solar company that does most of the ranches. They're right around the corner from here. Um, so, uh, yeah, renewable energy just seems like, but it's going to be an uphill fight. APS is not going to give that one up no, without no, a battle. No, no, no. Uh, you know, major companies are not interested in in going in that direction. Uh, we're looking at a profit loss, probably. And yeah, that's the bottom line. All right, last question. Okay. And this one, I'm I'm lobbying for my industry. Okay. Oh, newspaper industry. Newspaper industry. All for it. So there has been a an effort over the last maybe decade, decade and a half, to move legal notices out of newspapers. Right now, the Constitution requires that. Um, when a governmental body is taking bids, et cetera, it has to be published in a newspaper uh, X number of times, depending on where the newspaper is. You know, do you publish daily, weekly, et cetera? Um, some of your predecessors have wanted to. Uh, the current Cochise County recorder, is that Stevens? Is he the recorder? Yes. Okay. Stevens has been the most outspoken on getting them out, getting them on a website, and more importantly, getting them under the Corporation Commission. Um, what's your stance on legal notices, public notices in a newspaper? Do you want to see it there or do you want to change it, move it with the emerging technology that we talk about and get it out of newspapers? Uh, what's the problem with having it both ways? 
Well, we do. I mean, all of our yes, all yeah. of our public notices are digital, mm-hmm. and we in fact share that all the newspapers in the state share our databases. So you can literally come to our website and search Flagstaff if you want, or Heber, or Yuma. Um, there's nothing preventing, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. You can be anywhere. But the belief is that it's too costly for the municipalities, for the school districts, for the counties to spend money on an archaic way of getting the information forward. That's the contention. Well, I have to disagree with the archaic way. I mean, I know, yes, newspapers can be that, but I still think there are enough people in this county, and I'm sure in, in just about anywhere you would go in the United States that still like to sit down and read their newspaper. Uh, and I think, again, you got to find a balance. you got to do it both ways. I don't want to see them go out of the newspapers. I think that's important. Uh, for the people that are not on social media constantly. Now, I don't. I personally don't handle those sales, so I don't see the money from those. Right. I wish. I guess I see it in my paycheck, but that's as close <laughs> as I come. Um, I'm on the editorial side, and it's always been our contention that if you put something online, it can be changed, it can disappear, uh, it can be altered actually pretty uh, easily. Yes, that's very If you true. can get into source code, you can do whatever you want to anybody's website. Once it's printed in a newspaper, it's part of it's the there. historical record. You know, you can't, you can change it for the next edition, but that edition is always going to have that. So it's a way to prevent the unscrupulous from, oh, I published it once and then my buddy bid on it. Now I can, pu- I can change it so nobody else can bid on it. Not that that ever happens in Arizona. Excellent point. Though no, it never does. It of never, course, never. And the Corporation Commission has never had a problem with favoring one organization over another. No, that's um, never happened either. I'm, I'm enjoying the laugh. <laughs> she's, she's trying not to laugh because it's a mic, so I'm so happy. Uh-huh. Um, but that's that's always been our uh, on the editorial side. That's our contention: is the public has a right to know. And even though 99 out of 100 people aren't going to read those. At least we know it's there, so if anything does go wrong, there's a record. And it's a permanent record, absolutely. Right. And you're very right about uh, the uh, social media uh, technology. Anyone can get into anything if they work hard enough at it. It's, uh, it's been proven time and again that anything can be hacked if you, if you work at it or uh, you know what you're doing. Our former publisher once sat down and showed me how easy it was and, and actually showed one of the county representatives and said, here, let's call up your page, the county page, and immediately made a change on it. And she doesn't have the passwords or anything. She just knew mm. how. And then you immediately Scare. changed it back. But she said, this is why this is this can be done. And it's easy. It's frighteningly easy. You don't have to be a hacker. You just have to basically know the steps, and you're, you're in. And you're in, right, exactly. Yeah, there's, there's no creativity involved. You just need to... And I don't know about you. I guess it's an age factor, but I like to have something written in front of me. I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan. I like, you know, I'm crazy. I like the smell. Yeah. Oh, the newspaper. Absolutely. Both. Uh, I have a, a son who works for the uh, Herald in Sierra Vista. Oh, okay. So you know, I'm a big fan of newspapers. Yeah. It's it, there's a there's a there's a smell to pulp. Yes. That that is. It's it's a unique, but I I think it engages another sense. And every time you engage more senses, the Chances are you're going to remember more. So touch, sight, and smell. Mm-hmm. All right. Don't eat it. 
<laughs> but we're happy with that. Uh, Kimberly, thank you so much for coming in. I truly appreciate it. You're very welcome. I hope I was able to answer your questions. You bet. And we'll have you back as we get closer to the election, definitely before the general. Okay. Uh, but as we get closer, we want to have you back. And we're inviting all candidates. So uh, look forward to seeing you out on the campaign trail. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been the Courier Podcast which has been brought to you by Gila Valley Comic Con, March 27th and 28th on the Thatcher, Arizona campus of Eastern Arizona College, brought to you by Valley Telecom and Quality in Safford. Get more information at GilaValleyComicCon.com. That's GilaValleyComicCon.com. GilaValleyComicCon.com. For The Courier, I'm David Bell. Thank you so much for listening.